Welcome to Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Now here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. It's the 29th day of February 2020. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central, West Virginia. Uh, Going to go back into the book of John today, beginning with chapter 17. Going to try to cover the first five verses. This is called the, uh, the prayer of the Lord or the Lord's prayer that he prayed with his disciples. The longest prayer that, he, that, that is recorded in the word, of, the word of God that Jesus prayed. <clears throat> Before we do, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. One more time to expound your word. The word that will never, ever be shaken or changed or fall away. As it goes forward, Lord, it will never come back void, but it will do that which you sent it to do. That word that there's days, Lord, that uh, we know it makes more sense than anything in the world and in a world full of chaos and problems and situations, that your word stands out as a lamp unto our feet, a guide unto us, and we thank you for that today. We ask you to anoint it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat> Chapter 17, John. We know the Lord is preparing his disciples for his uh, farewell, per se. Of course, he's not going to remain dead. We know that. Um, the Word of God says he was a, a holy sacrifice, the Lamb of God, that took away all you know, past tense, took away the sins of the world. The only answer for sin, the only answer for men is the blood of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And, of course, his what resurrection and his ascension. Sitting by the Father's right hand, making intercession for me and you even now, waiting to come back to rapture his church. That's what the Bible explains. There's 1,000 years of what peace on earth like the earth has never known called the 1000 year reign or the what millennial after which Satan will be loosed again and then the final conquest of him which he was defeated at the cross but the final the final action of wrapping up his reign and rule and and all his activities and the Bible says he'll be thrown into the lake of fire they are to be locked forever and ever with those that have chosen to follow him, by the way. This is what the Word of God says. Hell's real. Hell is real. It's not a mythical place. It's not a type. Yes, it is separation from God, but the Bible says that people will actually physically feel the flames of hell. Where the cankerworm never dies, where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, outer darkness, the Word of God calls it. A place that we don't want to go, but we don't have to because in the name of Jesus and receiving him and his blood, we can avoid that place. 
The Lord said, I would that none would perish, but that each and every one would come unto whatever lasting life. It's not God's will that anybody go to hell. People make a choice every day where they're going to go. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. The the great the great warrior Joshua said, It's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. So the Lord, once again, preparing, talking, teaching for what was coming up, probably the biggest change in his disciples' lives. Uh, they're beginning to comprehend what's happening, but of course we know that the total impact of it actually will not hit until he's out of the grave. And uh, we know that he prophesied in verse 32 of um, chapter 16. He said, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered every man to his own, listen, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. We know that the Bible records that only one disciple stood uh, that was there at the crucifixion. That was John, who was standing beside the writer of this book, by the way, who was standing beside the, uh, uh, praise God, mother of Jesus. He said, behold, thy son, he, uh, he told John to take care of his mother. He loved his mother. So the first five verses going to talk about Christ praying to the Father, always praying to the Father, always associating himself and uh, uh, that he received everything from the Father, uh, that he was the image of the Father, and he was God incarnate according to what the Word of God teaches. So verse 1. These words spake who Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Now, John 1, we know John 1, 14 says, And the word, which is Christ, the Logos, became what? Flesh. Jesus was not created. He was incarnated. He was God in the flesh. He told the Pharisees, he said, before Abraham was, I am. He was in the beginning. In the beginning, God, Elohim, the plurality of the Godhead. The Godhead active all through the Bible, showing up, of course, uh, physically, a lot of places, and um, at the baptism of Jesus, at the what transfiguration, um, in the Old Testament, Christ showing up in many places. Remember, the Word of God is what the the Old Testament, He is concealed in the New Testament. He is revealed. And He's coming back very, very, very soon. Well, do you know the day or the hour? Of course I don't. And I might stress that no man does. But the Bible says that we will know what hour we are in. 
by what's going on around and about us. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up, that he might draw all men unto himself. All those that choose to look upon him, all those that choose to receive him, all those that choose to make him Lord of their lives and allow him to touch them and change them, heal them, and deliver them. Listen to me today. He is the only hope for mankind. I've stressed many times, man does not hold hope. Now they talk and they promise and they do this and they do that, but the only hope there is is in the soon coming King, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And God is going to glorify him. He says, Father, the hours come, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Now, this is the longest prayer, the longest of the Lord's prayer in the four Gospels. And he prayed this prayer with his disciples and for his disciples. The first five verses he prays to the Father to be glorified. From verse 6 to verse 19, he prays for his disciples. And from verse 20 to verse 26, he prays about or for the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the true church of the living God, the one who he purchased with his own blood, the one who is the chief, he is the chief cornerstone of. The true church, church will lift up Jesus Christ, represent him totally, magnify him totally, lift him up totally, make the Bible the only rule in God for their lives and the only government by which the church is governed, not through man's ways, man's what traditions, but only through what the Word of God says and the Holy Spirit being the captain of the modern-day church. It's the same church that was birthed in Acts chapter 2, and we're coming to the end of what is known as the church age. Mercy and grace is being poured out right now. Mercy and grace, thank God Almighty, is available to me and you right now. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Shall be saved. Healed. Delivered. And set free. He's still doing miracles today, the greatest miracle of salvation by, by which a man is changed. The scientific term is metamorphosis from something he doesn't want to be for something that is killing him to something that's, that is giving him life and giving him life more abundantly. So he talks about in John 10. So the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1, says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days, these last days, the writer called the days he was in, the last days. How much more are we in the last days today, okay? Spoken unto us by his Son, whom 
he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also, listen, he made the world. So Jesus is the creator. All things were made by him and for him. All dominion and all power has been given to him. Jesus makes reference to the prince of this world coming, which is Satan, the God of this world. And he says, I have no part in him. So how does he speak to the world today? How does God, how does he dispense his plan, dispensation? Only through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay. We've stressed many times on this broadcast that we can only look to one for our answer. And his name is Jesus. Well, I believe there's other ways. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. Well, that's being closed-minded. No, that's being Bible-minded. The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is the way, the only way, the only truth, and the only light and life is through him. The Bible says he hath in these last days appointed the glorification we're talking about. Listen, heir of all things, to receive totally. The Bible says we are heirs and joint heirs with who? Jesus Christ. That's what he has, we have. We're part of his kingdom. And we'll certainly be in part of his kingdom that is to come. The other Lord's Prayer. My Father who art in hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And it's coming rapidly, I might add. Look around. Look around. Men struggling for answers. Men's hearts, the Bible declares, failing them for what they see coming on the face of this earth. We are living in different times than what we did 20 years ago, 30 years ago. If you've been alive that long, things have changed certainly in my lifetime. My father, who's 91, has said many times in the past few months, I've never seen a time like this. Daniel said, for they shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase, iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. We repeat these scriptures many, many times. They are signs that we are in the last of the last days. Well, there will be a great falling away. Many will get heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That's what the word of God says. Many will be deceived. Jesus said, take, take heed that no man, no man. So deception will come through man, through the implements by which Satan gives this man, men to deceive. They will deceive and be deceived, the Bible says. So deception is the great weapon that Satan uses in these days, covering up, camouflaging. Lies, and the Bible says when men believe a lie, they shall be damned. 
Verse 2, John 17. He makes a statement here. I want you to listen to what he says. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. The only true God. Listen to what he says here. I'm sorry, I need, I need to read verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh. I skipped there, I'm sorry. That he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given. In John 5, 19, then Jesus answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things so he so ever he doeth, this also doeth the Son likewise. In first Peter one, eighteen through twenty, talking about the redemption of man, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold, but from your vain conversation, listen, received by the tradition from your fathers. But we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last days for you. These last days. There's that word. For you. This is Peter speaking. The last days he was speaking about was them. Because the moment that Jesus was transfigured, they began to look for him. Matter of fact, they expect him to come back in the year. Paul had to write a letter to where Thessalonica and tell them, don't be troubled in mind and spirit by the coming of the Lord, by the hearing of the coming of the Lord. He has not come yet. And he hasn't came yet since that time uh, now, but it's getting so, so close. So close. So what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Our eternity, and I've said many, many, many times that man will live somewhere in a constant state of mind. Being able to feel, to hear, to smell, I guess. All your senses will be there. You won't be in this body. But you'll be completely aware of your surroundings. Men does just not die and be buried and that's it, no, as many teach. We're not going to come back as somebody else. We're not going to be come back as a cow or a bird or something, something of that nature. There is no reincarnation. There's no second chance. Our chance, our second chance, we'll call it that, is in Jesus Christ. Because we were born with a sin nature, and the only way to, uh, uh, to get rid of that sin nature is to receive Jesus Christ. Verse 2, as thou hast given him power, listen, over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him, or thou hast, or those that receive him. He has power over all flesh. And in Christ is eternal life or life more abundant. Where 
Receiving Christ, we cannot be hurt by the second death. 1 Timothy 2.4, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. It's not God's will that any man should perish. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us ward and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Not God's will that any perish. Revelation 22, 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come and let him that heareth say, come and let him that a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. So in Christ there's eternal life. Jesus was promised in the Old Testament, Isaiah, Zechariah, all through the Psalms, all through the Old Testament is laced with the prophecy of the coming of Emmanuel, which is God with us. Once again, he's the only way. Listen to that. He's your answer. He's my answer. He's your hope. He's my hope. He's your incoming and your outgoing. He's my incoming and my outgoing. Paul said, it's not me that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And a lot of that comes up to how we yield. <clears throat> what part of our lives, how do we feed our spirit every day? The Bible says plainly that you can't eat from the table of demons and the table of God at the same time. A double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. The prophet said, how long will you be halted between two opinions? John 17, 3. I read this before. I'm going to read it again. And this is life eternal. This, what? what is? What he just said. Who has the power? Who has the glory? Who is the Son of God? Who is the way? Who is the truth? Who is the light? And this is life eternal, that they might know thee. So what's life eternal? Going to church, shaking the preacher's hand, joining a church, being involved in a church, doing religious things. No. To know him. Paul said that I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. When we know Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches, and you can bear this out if you do know him, things change. That old desires and old ways leave us. That we are no longer the old man woman, boy, girl that we used to be, that we are changed through the blood and through our acceptance of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. People today how things are well. Same old thing, different day. They we get ourselves in a rut so many times. And the more we're in the more the more we dig at it, and the deeper it becomes in our lives. The, the biggest myth, I believe, that's taught or preached or whatever, is that 
that once you become saved, everything's all right from now on, and uh, you'll never have a problem. You, you know, you're never going to be spiritually short, so to speak. That's not true. That's not true. The Bible promises us trials and even tribulation, persecution, pressures in our lives that uh, press against us and make us realize that in ourselves we are nothing. As I said before, Paul said, it's not me that lives, but it's Christ. Who lives in Christ alone, in Christ alone, in Christ alone, we place our trust. All other ground is sinking ground. All other ways are not God's ways or the world's ways. They are the world's ways. And he teaches us that to be acclimated to the world is death because the world is an enemy of God. He tells us to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Be ye separate. In Romans 8, 1 through 2, one through two, therefore there is no therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. We see spiritual laws here. You see two separate ones. That there's a law of life and the spirit in Jesus Christ, and there's the law of sin and death. And simply put, that's what we choose. We either choose the spirit of life of Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ, or the law of sin and death. We either, sac- we either receive the sacrifice, the atonement of Jesus Christ, if he bore our sins and paid the price for our sins, or we allow ourselves to pay it. And we fall under the law of sin and death. Because sin, death, always follows sin. Take you further than you want to go, make you pay more than you ever wanted to pay. Galatians 6, 8, For he that sow to the flesh shall also of the flesh reap. Corruption. But he that sow to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap what? Everlasting life. And this is life eternal. Now, men won't live forever. Okay. But a lot of them don't want to receive God to do it or, or, or accept Christ to live forever. So they go about to form and fashion their own ways and through science and technology and all these things. You know, men are doing the best they can to extend their lives and even live eternally. Not going to happen. The ways of men will fall to the ground and be exposed. Every secret thing will be exposed, uncovered. So don't think for one minute that men, listen, I I believe in medical science and, and, and I believe it's leaps and bounds. It is. And yes, it's helped man in a lot of degrees, but men will never, ever give other men 
eternal life. It just can't happen. The only author of eternal life is Jesus Christ. He says, this is life eternal, that they might know ye, know, know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou sent. They, they come together. You cannot know God the Father unless you know God the Son. There's no reconciliation to God except through Jesus Christ. There's no answer for sin except through Jesus Christ. Verse 4. I glorified thee, I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. We know that's going to wrap up at the cross. And of course, we know what happens after the cross. The what? Resurrection. And then know what? The ascension. And now sitting at the Father's right hand. Soon to come back. The rapture of the church. Yes, that's what I believe. Then the thousand-year millennial reign. Saint and cast into the into into the abyss forever. And the ongoing eternal reign of Jesus Christ. In Romans. 834, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. First Peter 4.11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Excuse me. Through Jesus Christ. This book is the answer. And what this book teaches is the answer. Verse 5. And now, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. There's a scripture that proves that Jesus Christ was not created. Just not another man. No, he was born of God. Of a virgin. Paul wrote in Philippians 2, verse 6, Who being the form in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. John eight fifty eight. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, before Abraham was, I am. Now, when he's glorified, when he is put to the forefront, we see him for who he is. Not one man say, well, he was a teacher and he was one of many good men. No, he was the greatest man. I read somewhere, I heard somewhere where, 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 where the Christ is not in some people's eyes, which doesn't mean the hell beans anyhow, that he's not even in the top 10 of the greatest men <laughs> ever live. Are you serious? Let me ask you this question. Can, can you go to his grave today? Can you go to the grave? Well, you can go to the empty tomb, the empty sepulcher. He's not there. 
that all these other great men and men elevate up, can you find their graves? Certainly. Yes, you can. They died. They're not out of the grave. They're still in the grave. That's why Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. When we bury a loved one or a friend or neighbor, whatever it might be, in Christ, and we have the promise when we walk away from that grave of the resurrection. Amen. Jesus promises resurrection. I go to prepare you a place that where I am, there ye may be also. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall all not sleep. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Only through Christ. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, where the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Or the corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So death is an enemy, the last enemy the Bible teaches. And Paul asked a question of death. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Thanks be to God that giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So if you're discouraged today, I'm tired of doing what I do. I'm tired of preaching. I'm tired of teaching. I'm tired of being a Christian. I'm tired of witnessing. He says, don't be movable. Occupy until I come. Don't be weary in well-doing. Jesus is coming. Very, very, very soon. Oh, I've heard it for years. So have I. But it's much closer now. I look around, many look around and say, man, something's not right. Something is on the horizon. You know, the Bible says iniquity, lawlessness shall abound, okay, and be increased. Like a tachometer, revolutions will be increased, pressure in the old muscle cars when I was growing up, we had tachometers uh, attached to our steering columns with, with hose clamps. <laughs> and we would make the statement, well, I redlined my car today. In other words, put the RPMs to a place where we were in danger of blowing up the engine. Too many RPM, the revolutions per minute. That's where we're at now. The tachometer of time is approaching, or probably already in red line, where the pressures of something's got to happen. Scientists say, scientists say, secular scientists say that we we are so many seconds from what they call the doomsday clock. 
They even know something's not right. Something's not good in the world. Only goodness there is is in Christ. It's so important in these days that you know Christ. The Bible tells us to lay aside every what weight of sin. Lay it aside that we should what not so be easily beset. Let's just go there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, saying, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. That's a sermon in itself. Let us lay aside every weight of what? Sin. Hebrew Christians. That, I believe Paul said, doth so easily, 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 Beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2, Hebrews 12. Looking unto men, men's plans. No, looking unto Jesus, author or beginner or authority and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Men's hearts failing them, lest you be weary. In other words, if your eyes come off of Christ and weariness sets in, do not become weary in well-doing lest you be wearied and faint in your minds, in your emotions, in your inner man, cave in under the pressures of what's coming in this world. Listen, they're real, they're real, they're real, they're real. Looking unto the author, finisher of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. That was so important that you know him. It's so important that he's Lord of your life. So important. The song says, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, then call on his name. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead. Make a conscious decision to turn and go the other direction with repentance. Repentance. Truly have a godly sorrow. If you're tired of living your life that way, then change then change through the power of God. Give him your life. The Bible says, By his stripes we're healed. He was chastised for our peace of mind. Yes, that's that's in much effect of that. He wants to heal, deliver, and set free today. He was bruised for our lawlessness or our iniquities. He's the only way, the only way, the only way, the only way. He says, taste of me and see if I'm not good. My arm is not shortened, neither is my ear cauliflower, that I cannot hear the cries of those that call upon me with a broken and a contrite spirit only. You can't not be prideful and come before God. You must come with a humble, broken spirit of contrition. 
Jesus said, you give me power over all flesh that I should give eternal life to as many as you have given me. What What a prayer. The Lord's Prayer. The longest prayer recorded in the four Gospels. Read it. Chapter 17. Read it. Next time we're going to talk about his prayer for his disciples and we're going to talk about the prayer for the church. On this rock I shall build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Humble yourself before God and in due time you will be exalted. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we, you said it won't come back, boy, but we'll do what you sent it to do. And we ask you, Lord, you know every individual is going to listen to this broadcast. You know exactly where they're at in their lives. You know the struggles, the fears, the doubts, what they're going through, Lord. My God, the inner battle, the private wars that people fight, only you know today. For you said in your word that man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. He knows exactly what's going on. I ask you to give them strength. As I call upon your name today, Lord, or whenever they hear this broadcast, I ask you, Lord, that you lift them up above the shadows of this chaotic world to give them a hope where seemingly there is no hope. You said there'd be peerless times, fierce times, pressure-packed times coming on the face of this earth. And you wrote that men's hearts would fail them as they see what's coming. The waves and the seas shall be ruined. Deception will be rampant. Many religions will pop up because you said they will say, Lo, I am here and lo, I am there. But you said, Go not. Help us to be entrenched. In the word of God. Let the word of God be our place where we're not moved. This rock solid foundation which is your word. That will never ever pass away. We thank you Lord for what you've done. What you're going to do. We thank you for the lives you're going to change. Through your word and through your power. Lord I ask you Lord to break bondages. Lord heal addictions. Touch Lord, those that are crying out, Lord, they don't like their lifestyle, they're tired of it, they're in bondage, they need help, help, help. And you're the help. You said that you're away in the time of trouble. A present help, you said, now in the time of trouble. And we thank you for these things, God. The Lord touch families and Bring unity, God. Just help us all today. God, we need you so much. We need you so much. We thank you and praise you. We give you honor. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. Until next time, God bless. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Maketh me to lie down in green pastures Leadeth me beside 
Love me, bear it.